Hi, I'm Danielle Karen, and in this podcast, I'm going to share with you knowledge and tools that I believe should be accessible to everyone. They're fundamental and essential to being human. Embody Your Power is an integrative model that bridges science, spirituality, and ancient wisdom to give you the resources needed to live your fullest potential. As a psychotherapist for over 16 years and now as a coach, I help people know, reclaim, and embody their power on all levels. It's my mission to help you connect to your unshakable resilience, to know true power and freedom, to be sovereign, and to remember your divine nature. If you're wanting to learn tools to release layers of conditioning, heal from trauma, feel at home in your body, have inner peace, expand your capacity for joy, connect spiritually, and take a journey with me to embody your power, then this podcast is for you. Thank you for joining me. Together, let's raise our consciousness to help evolve humanity. In this episode, I'll teach you how to map your psyche and make the elusive mind tangible for greater mental power. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by intense feelings, emotions, flashbacks, or nightmares? Do you experience anxiety, depression, anger, addiction, avoidance, or perfectionism? The mind is such an elusive thing, right? We can't see it or locate it. It's hard to discern where our thoughts are coming from. Are we thinking our own thoughts or something we were taught or exposed to? Some thoughts can bring us peace and joy, while others bring stress, anxiety, and pain. Our thoughts can take us for a ride, and we can feel completely powerless. When you take the mind, which feels so elusive, and make it tangible, it's a game changer in your ability to work with the mind and direct it in a way that supports your health and well-being. You have more control of your thoughts and can create the changes and life you desire. I draw upon Richard Schwartz's internal family systems model to map the psyche. I train directly with Richard Schwartz and have had the opportunity to have personal conversations with him. From his perspective, multiplicity is the natural state of the mind, meaning We naturally have many parts of our mind that have different feelings, thoughts, agendas, and desires. Trauma, neglect, and unmet emotional needs can take the natural parts of our mind out of their naturally valuable state and force them into extreme roles. Have you seen the movie Inside Out? Richard Schwartz was consulted for the production of this movie. This is a kid's movie that depicts different parts of the mind that have access to a control panel or a circuit board in the brain. The various parts use the hardware of the brain to flip switches, which results in the main character having different feelings and emotions. In the movie, the parts are called joy, sadness, fear, anger, and disgust. Those are just a few of many parts that can really impact us. I'm going to guide you to know how to work with your own mind. The image of the characters from this movie 
can be helpful to keep in mind. If you have a piece of paper in front of you, you can follow along and learn a simple way to map your psyche. In the middle of the page, I start by drawing a sun. This represents your core self, which is your true self, your highest self, your essence, your consciousness, your awareness, your spirit. It is whole and always connected to your true nature, your spiritual nature. Your core self is not a part. It is what you experience when all of your parts are quiet and giving you some space. When you're accessing your core self, you feel most like yourself. Your core self is innately resilient. You don't have to build it up or make it stronger. It's more a matter of how much access we have to it, as we explored in episode two, Resilient by Divine Design. And we can all have varying degrees of access to it. When we are accessing the state, we're present, inherently regulated, feeling at home in our body, and aligned with our truth. I believe there's a huge spiritual component to our core self that we can spend our lifetime or lifetimes getting to know how powerful and expansive we really are. I draw the core self as the sun because it's always shining and available. Your core self can be with your part's worst fear and greatest pain, which is generally emotional pain. Your core self is inherently whole. It can't be damaged or destroyed. All the parts want this aspect of you to be more present. They want to be able to trust the core self and feel its support. Your core self doesn't have an agenda, so it's not going to jump in and take over to rescue you from your anxiety or loneliness. It's available for you when you know how and want to connect with it. It can have desires for you, but it's not attached to those desires. That's interesting, right? Why would the core essence of you not have an agenda? Maybe because it's unconditionally loving and accepting, and knows that ultimately, everything is okay. Maybe it's connected to a much bigger understanding of this world, this reality, and this life. The core self does hold a much bigger perspective than the parts do. Maybe it holds a perspective that we can't wrap our minds around, and therefore doesn't feel a need to have an agenda. An analogy for the core self's relationship to the parts is imagining that a child is really upset because they got in a fight with their friend. The parent can see the child going through this experience from a bigger perspective. It can have compassion for their child and understand why the child is upset, but the parent also knows that this isn't the end of the world and their child's going to be okay and most likely will be having fun with their friend again soon. But for the child, like our parts, has tunnel vision and they can't think of anything other than the pain they feel about the fight with their friend right now. They are consumed with the pain in the moment, and they're not able to step back and have perspective on it. The child is like your parts, and the parent is like your core self. Your core self will always be able to have a bigger perspective on any situation. And when the parent can hold a bigger perspective and is regulated in their body, it's generally very calming for the child. However, if the parent also started to feel the pain of the child and get caught up in the smaller perspective of the situation, the parent wouldn't be able to provide the child with comfort and support. They'll most likely increase the child's anxiety and distress. 
The core self offers significant comfort and relief to our parts. When we know how to access our core self and connect to our parts from that place. So let's take a look at the parts that actually get in the way of us accessing our core self. There are two main parts. One is called a protector and the other is called an exile. Protectors are also called our defenses, coping mechanisms, ego, and resistance. These parts I draw as clouds because when they're present, they're clouding out our sun, our core self. Examples of these parts include anger, aggression, avoidance, depression, dissociation, anxiety, control, manipulation, jealousy, guilt, people-pleasing, narcissism, perfectionism, intellectualizing, and parts that use substances, food, shopping, and the internet. There are many different protector parts that it's hard to list them all. The protector's job is to anticipate, react to, or manage real or perceived danger. They're focused on self-preservation, survival, our body, and the environment. Their main emotion is fear. They're afraid that if they didn't do their job, then you would get hurt in some way. What's important to know about the protector parts is that they always have a positive intention to help you or protect you, despite the way that they're going about it. For example, an anxious part has the positive intention to protect you when it says, if I don't make you anxious, then I'm afraid you'll get caught off guard and get hurt. However, the way the protector parts go about trying to protect you from getting hurt is generally not helpful as it's causing other challenges in our lives, like with an anxious part, taking you out of the present moment and overly focusing on all the worst case scenarios that can happen. The protectors try to protect you from being overwhelmed by pain and vulnerability and from ever getting hurt again. They do have a never again mentality. Never again will you get hurt like that. So for example, if you were in a car accident, you may notice the following protectors after that event. A part that's anxious or hypervigilant about being in a car. A part that avoids driving. A part that has road rage. A backseat driver part that is active when others are driving. A part that never wants to look to the right when driving because they got hit from that side in the past, therefore hindering you with a blind spot. Protector parts have a limited view, whereas the core self holds a much bigger perspective. Protector parts are often stuck in the past, and so they're often not seeing things accurately as they are in the present moment. For example, a protector part is going to tell you someone is a threat because they look like someone who was a threat in the past. They're also not always discerning what is true in the present moment, which is, a person that looks like someone who hurt us in the past, but isn't that person. Protectors are burdened with a role to protect the system. By system, I mean your whole inner psyche. They've moved out of their natural state to take on a role of protection. One way to understand this is to think of a child who feels they can no longer be a child because their parents aren't taking care of things. Maybe they're alcoholics, abusive, 
not protective or absent. So the child becomes burdened with adult tasks and responsibilities. The child has moved out of their natural state to try to protect themselves because it doesn't feel safe to be a child and play and trust their parents. All protectors have an agenda to help or protect. That's how you can tell the difference between the protector parts, the core self, and exiled parts. The core self and the exiled parts don't have an agenda. The exiled parts are just experiencing pain, often emotional pain and vulnerability. Exiles are often referred to as our inner child, wounded child, suppressed or repressed parts. They're called exiles because they're locked away or exiled by the protector parts. They can be experienced as dissociated or fragmented parts. They can be experiences and memories that you can't remember because they are exiled and locked away. The main emotion of the exile part is pain, often emotional pain. For example, feeling rejected, abandoned, alone, unlovable, wrong, unworthy, unsafe, ashamed, insignificant, or hopeless. I draw the exiles as a little stick figure in a circle or bubble. They're in a bubble because they're stuck in time. So I draw the sun in the middle of the page to represent your core self. Then I draw clouds around the sun to represent the protectors. And on the outer edges of the page, I draw the circles with the little stick figures to represent the exiles. The exile's role is to try to get your attention so that they can heal. They're stuck in time, reliving pain, trauma, and vulnerability. They know that they can't subtly get your attention, or the protectors will quickly lock them away again. So, they'll come through with intense feelings, flashbacks, nightmares, or even bodily illness or disease. Hopefully, this helps you understand why parts of you will flood you with these intense experiences. The wisdom in this is if they can get your attention, they have a chance to heal and no longer be stuck in the past, reliving pain or trauma. Exiles can carry burdens, which can be understood as beliefs and messages that are not true about ourselves. But we pick them up from what others have said about us, or by the way others have treated us, or by messages from our society or culture, and then we carry them around as if they were true. Common burdens that the exiles carry include, I'm unlovable, I'm alone, I'm a failure, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I'm a burden to others. When we are carrying these burdens, they're getting in the way of us being and expressing our authentic self and being aligned with the truth about ourselves. We want to help the exiles so that they're no longer stuck in the past. We help them move through time so that they can experience a resolution with the past. Our goal is to help heal and unburden the exiles. Because when we do that, the protector parts can relax more and we have more access to our core self. How can you tell the difference between protectors and exiles? Protectors have an agenda and they're attached to it. All protectors hold fear. They're afraid something bad might happen to you if they weren't doing this thing that they do. For example, 
A protector might say, I'm afraid if I didn't make you depressed, you might have the energy to go out and do something and fail and feel the pain of failure. Exiles hold the feelings of pain and vulnerability, memories and traumas. Exiles hold pure pain, mostly emotional pain. They can also hold fear and terror, but it's not related to an agenda like the protectors. It's a fear or terror that they initially experienced in a scary event. Exiles aren't trying to do something other than get your attention so that they can heal. The core self isn't attached to any agenda. That's how you can tell the difference between the protectors and your core self. The core self isn't operating from fear or pain. So that's how you know that it's not a protector or an exiled part. When we don't take the time to get to know the parts, we can easily fall into a place of judging and criticizing them. Like the scientists who study DNA, they've identified two strands and saw that there were more strands, but because they haven't figured out what the other strands do, they labeled them as junk DNA. Nothing inside of you is junk. Scientists just haven't figured out how vast and incredible the human being is yet. You are a wise and intelligent being. Your parts can be experienced in any number of ways. Thoughts, feelings, sensations, images, inner voices. They can show up as physical symptoms, behaviors, reactions, illness. And remember, like the movie Inside Out, they can flip switches and cause you to feel different things. For example, they can flip a switch to make you feel foggy, spacey, tired, or distracted especially if they don't want you to access something else in your psyche. Our internal dialogue is often happening between two or more protectors, or between a protector and exile. For example, I have a part that is anxious, and then I have a part that is critical of the anxious part, so they're in a dialogue that might sound like, stop making her anxious, you're not helping. And the other part says, the anxious part says, I can't stop being anxious because I'm afraid she'll get hurt. And this kind of dynamic between the parts is what is driving an internal war inside of us. What we want instead is to shift the internal dialogue to come from the core self toward each part. When the dialogue is coming from the core resilient self, it sounds more open, calm, curious, compassionate, understanding, and confident. Also, when we're communicating with our parts from our core self, it feels as if we're working together as a team and there's more internal peace and harmony. When we do this, we can help heal our parts and we have more access to our innate resilience. After seeing the profound impact of helping clients work with their parts from the core self, it became very clear how a client's pain can be perpetuated if they aren't accessing their core self. Many therapies don't help people discern between the core self and the parts. Perhaps they don't know about the core self and how competent and resilient it is. So they may actually be strengthening the protectors in bringing the client further away from their core essence, their core self. Let's say a client has a protector part that is addicted to alcohol. Maybe this protector part is using alcohol to numb themselves from some type of emotional pain they experienced from a past trauma that was never resolved. Many therapies will help the client strengthen other protectors 
to keep the one who uses alcohol from acting out. So maybe they strengthen the part that hates the addicted part, or the part that will criticize that part, a goal-setting part, a part that will use food instead of alcohol, or a part that tries to motivate the person to be sober by shaming the alcohol part. Can you see that working in this way, not only do you have more protective parts and less access to your core self, you now are creating an internal war to fight or contain a part of you. This process takes the client further away from who they truly are and contributes to them feeling less like themselves. The goal is to have more access to our core self. If I were to make a suggestion to the AA community, I would shift away from saying, hello, my name is Bill and I'm an addict, to, hello, my name is Bill and I have a part of me that is an addict. You don't want to identify as your parts. If you struggle from anxiety, for example, instead of saying I'm anxious, you can shift to saying I have an anxious part. By shifting the language, you leave much more room for your core self to be present. Many therapies unfortunately don't know or emphasize that the client is inherently resilient. We are all inherently resilient. As a therapist or coach, if you're resourcing someone away from their pain by bringing their attention to something else, generally something more calming or pleasant, that can be very helpful. However, resourcing clients away from their pain without the knowledge and ultimate goal of connecting them to their ability to be with the pain from their core self is detrimental. A message can be sent to the client that they're not capable of being with their pain or that the therapist or coach doesn't trust their inherent resilience to be with the pain. These types of messages validate the protector's fears that the client can't handle the pain and that they need to take over, leading to the protectors becoming stronger. If you're having a particular challenge in your life, let's say with a relationship with food, with drugs, with work, it can be anything. You can sit down and make a map to understand all the parts that might be activated in this situation or challenge. For example, if someone struggles with using food to regulate their emotions, we can map that out. You're gonna start with drawing the core self in the middle of the piece of paper as the sun, then start brainstorming and draw out all the protector clouds around the sun. The following are examples of protectors that may be related to this issue. The part that is using food to avoid emotional pain or loneliness. The part that wants to eat well and not overeat. The part that doesn't want to eat well or have a limited diet and wants to be able to eat anything like everyone else. The part that is all or nothing, it will either eat well or it lets go and eats uncontrollably the part that doesn't like your body, the part that wants to distract you by using food, the inner critic part that judges you for eating too much, the part that is secretive with eating and indulging. Another part might be the part that is trying to manage feeling overwhelmed in your body. If you start getting to know your protector parts, you'll eventually find the exiled parts that these parts, these protectors, are trying to keep locked away so that you don't have to feel their pain. The following exiles are examples of what might be under the protective parts. An exile with a burden of not feeling good enough. 
in exile with a burden of being told she is too heavy or fat, in exile carrying the pain of being present in their body, in exile carrying the pain of feeling rejected or abandoned, in exile carrying the pain of feeling shame and unworthy. At the end of this episode, I'd like to offer some exercises for you to try. Map your psyche by writing and drawing out the parts. If you're someone who journals, see if you can start to identify these parts when you're journaling. Which part of you is present and speaking right now? Notice if your inner dialogue is between two parts. Name and identify your parts. If you meditate, see if you can notice which parts are present and when your core self is present. Shift away from identifying with your parts. If you're feeling anxious, you can say, I have an anxious part instead of, I'm anxious. If you're feeling angry, you can say, I have a part of me that's angry instead of saying, I'm angry. Finally, to access your core self, ask yourself, who am I in this present moment when I separate from all of my parts? Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please consider assisting me in reaching more people by sharing it with others or writing a review. Together, let's raise our consciousness to help evolve humanity. For more information, please visit my website, daniellekaren.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-C-A-R-R-O-N.com.